the Old Testament reading for this morning, taken from the book of Genesis, beginning in the 17th chapter, at the first verse. This is what's written there. When Abram was 99 years old, God showed up and asked him, I'm the strong God, or said to him, I'm the strong God. Live entirely before me, live to the guilt, and I'll make a covenant between us. And I'll give you a huge family. Overwhelmed, Abram fell flat on his face. And then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. You'll be the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. Meaning that I'm making you the father of many nations. I'll make you a father of fathers. I'll make nations from you. Kings will issue from you. I'm establishing my covenant between me and you. The covenant that includes your descendants. The covenant that goes on and on and on and on. A covenant that commits me to be your God and the God of your descendants. And I'm giving you and your descendants this land where you're not just camping this whole country of Canaan to own forever. And I'll be their God. And God continues speaking to Abraham. And Sarai, your wife, don't call her Sarai any longer. Call her Sarah. I'll bless her. Yes, I'll give you a son by her. Oh, how I'll bless her. Nations will come from her. Kings of nations Abraham fell flat on his face, and then he laughed, thinking, Can a hundred-year-old man father a son? And can Sarah, at ninety years, have a baby? And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Earth, 
focus on our all-sufficient God and what God will do, not on what we do. And I believe this is mirrored later even in the story of Jesus. God comes to us. God comes for us. And then when we see God in a new way, when we have a fresh encounter with God, it always makes some kind of corresponding change in us. We can never encounter God and remain unchanged. For Abraham and Sarah, the change was recognized in their new names. Now, Abram meant exalted father. So think a minute for how embarrassing this name must have been for Abram. Every time he ran into a merchant or a trader, I'm sure the question must have come up. So tell me, exalted father, how many children do you have? And for 86 years, Abram had to answer, none. And then for another 13, he could only say, oh, one. And Sarai, too, how would you feel living all your life with a name that means contentious? Well, we know from her experience with Hagar that she could be a contentious woman. She first gave her maid, Hagar, to Abram to bear a son, and then Sarai became jealous and ran her off. Well, God changed those names, and it brought a change in their behavior. You are now Abraham. Father of many. And Sarai is now Sarah. She who was contentious now becomes princess. Both provide better evidence of what God is really doing in their lives. Every person is affected in the way they think, dress, act by their family upbringing, the local community, the prevailing culture. This is a fact, whether we like it or not. We lead our lives to a great extent the way that our families before us led their lives. And what God originally told Abraham was that in order for you to follow me and to do the right thing, sometimes it means that you have to leave the influence of your prevailing culture and of your local community and even your parents' house. God says, go for yourself. Follow what you believe to be right, even if it's not the way that you are used to, even if it's not popular. This country was settled, founded, defined, and furthered by people who left their homes for the unknown. Whether or not they were religious is always debated by those who, it seems to me, have specific agendas. It is unarguable, however, that the founders of this country were risk-takers, and a part of risk is belief. So they were believers. The first word of God to Abraham was, Go from your land, your father's house, and your birthplace, to a land that I will show you. No comfort zones allowed. Leave them. And only then can you achieve everything that I have in store for you, everything of which you are indeed capable.
stepping outside of yourself can you grow? And can I be your God? So perhaps when God encourages us to leave our accomplishments of yesterday behind, God is really encouraging us to be alive today. And that it will be good for us. And that we will become prosperous and numerous. Maybe not comfortable, but good. The disciple is disciplined in the way of his or her teacher. The disciple seeks to be just like the teacher in all things. Having a certain set of values or ethics, it might be a part of the discipleship, but it's not all that, all that it is, it's just a part. Discipleship is really something deeper, it's something more. It's an identity. We are a covenant people. And Christianity is not a religion of the individual. It's a covenant between a community of faith, the church, and God, revealed in the person, character, teaching, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. And that is why we gather. That is why for centuries going back to Israel, the faith community has in some way, shape, or form come together to remember and to participate in the covenant. And those in the covenant of the faithful gather to remember and observe that covenant. That to Abraham and all of his descendants, and I am one of them, and so are you. God will be our God, and we will be God's people. This awesome God is a God who can bring new life out of places seemingly dead. And with a God like this, none of us, no matter how old, is ever past our day. This sort of God still has something in store for each and every one of us. To God be the glory. Keep the faith.